This week on the Roommates Podcast. I think America has trained men to be a particular way. Go to work. Don't show any emotion. Yeah. Be tough. Yeah. You know, like all these things. Make money. Get women. You know, succeed in your field. Have kids. Give them money. You know, die. It's just like, <laughs> you know, there's not like a, a high emphasis on like, be vulnerable. Be transparent. You know, tell people how you feel. You know, feel safe in, you know, in, in whatever you're doing. So what I was saying about therapy was the, the vulnerability aspect is like, that's a, that's a great place to be vulnerable and to get in touch with who you are. What's good, America? It's your boy, Hafiz. And, 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 and welcome to the Roommates Podcast, a late night conversation taking you behind the scenes of Becoming, featuring all the interesting people, perspectives, and conversations you experience on the way. Also, also, also known as the best hour of your week where you are entertained like a stand-up, educated like a TED Talk, and enlightened like a sermon. And... Remember my beautiful, amazing people, guys. We officially transitioned the podcast to YouTube. So the podcast is still on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. But the podcast is now available on YouTube. You can check it out at youtube.com slash the roommates podcast. One more time, the podcast is available on YouTube at youtube.com slash the roommates podcast. And uh, if you are checking it out on YouTube, you're about to head to work. You got some bad kids. You got to spank. You got to pause it. You got to do something else besides sit and watch something. Podcast is available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts. And this week, I got somebody that I'm really, really excited about bringing to the audience, man. It's roommate season, guys. We got some really dope people coming up, but I'm being honest right now. I'm being honest right now. This is the most excited I am about somebody coming on the show in a long, long time, guys. Please, please, please show some love and welcome to the podcast. Your brand new roommate, my man, Andy Minio. Yeah. Yo. It's good. What's good, my G? I'm good, man. Man. Bro, I don't know if you remember this, man. I think about four years ago, right before you dropped Neverland, I was writing my first book, and I was like, man, I, I want somebody who's going to do the introduction, no, the forward. I was like, man, I want somebody to do the forward. I know, I just started thinking about, I had a bunch of names, uh-huh. and immediately, boom, yours popped to the top of the list. Oh, snap. And I was like, yo, man, I got to get, get Andy to do this forward. And so at that time, my homie Isaiah and Bradley were working, were working at Reach. Right. And I had hit up Bradley. I was like, yo, I'm trying to get Andy to do the forward. Can you, can you go set that up for me? So he set it up. But literally, the week he sent you the email was when Neverland dropped. And as uh, you know, your life was never the same. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I think, man, your gracious person got back to me a couple of months later. It's like, yo, life is crazy right now. Yeah. I can't do it. But please let me know when the book comes out. Um, I had eventually the book had came out. I sent it to you. You had shouted it out, man. So it's just All dope. Tight. Four years later, man. Yeah. Bring it back full circle. That's what's up, man. That's crazy. I actually remember that now. Yeah, now yeah, that you yeah. mentioned it. Yep. Yeah. Man, yo, how's how's life, man? How is life? Yeah. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. I do this. I know you. Yeah. My people don't know you. Say, <laughs> so give yeah, us a brief elevator pitch synopsis about who you are, what you do, and all that jazz. Yeah. I'm a hip-hop artist. I live in New York City. Shout out NYC. Yeah. Washington um, Heights. Yeah. I live up there. I grew up upstate New York. So I got you know half upstate, half uptown. Um, I'm on tour right now with Lecrae. Shout That's, out. That's uh, the big homie, and we're doing the Better Late Than Never tour. Um, 
we're co-headlining that, and we got uh, words played. What up, RG? No big deal out here. And so we having a blast. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a, you know, I'm an artist. You know, check out my music anywhere. Most uh, There's music, and I just dropped um, two two EPs in the last four months. Uh, one was called The Arrow, and the second one was called The Sword. So those just came out, and yeah, just dig in. Go to Instagram, do all that stuff, and then you'll get a good idea what's going on there. We get, keep a lot of funny content and <laughs> stuff, stuff going on in there. Already, already, yeah. man. Yo, man, how, 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 how has the church been? How's Richardson been doing, man? Oh, yeah. So we, uh, we planted... We actually, uh, I'm, what he's asking about is a church in uh, my neighborhood that started out in my um, my apartment. Oh, really? <laughs> it started out in my apartment and we just, it evolved and grew into its own church called CCF. That's dope. Um, Christ Crucified Fellowship. Yeah. And so that's uh, Uptown, New York City, Rich Perez, my yeah. homie. Shout pastor. out Rich. Yeah, man. Doing great. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like, it's been up for about five years now. Yeah. And so, you know, you see a lot of things happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, New York City's a tr- like a transitional city. You of know, there's course. a lot of people that come there for school or for work or something. They're in and out. Usually, the medium time there is is about four years. So you've seen a lot of transition. People come, go. Uh, we had a bu- a buddy named Kenny, um, Kenny Hart. He planted. He came to our church. He was a co pastor, and then he left and planted his own church. That's dope. And took some of the members with him, and and it was like it was a good split. It yeah, was yeah, like yeah, we're yeah. expanding. Yeah, yeah. So we grew, and then we shrunk again, and now we're growing again. So it's cool though because it just means that there's more people, you know, yeah. coming through and learning and growing and going to their neighborhoods and and doing the same thing. And that's what it's about. So. That's dope. It's been great, man. Yeah. Check them out. They're uh, the gathering. They meet up in Harlem. Most definitely, man. Is, uh, does Busy still go to your church? That's right. No, she doesn't. Oh, for real? Um, she actually married uh, a buddy of mine, oh, Words, really? Played, Words Played's brother. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So she married them, and then uh, they moved, and then they got, you know, okay. they started going to their own spot. And That's dope. Shout out to them. She's killing it right now. Oh, for real? She just did a, a music video with um, M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, really? She just got some big parts and some Netflix shows. Dang. And Jim Gaffigan and a bunch of stuff. So That's dope. Y'all should go look up Bisserat as yeah. well. B-I-S-S-E-R-A-T. I think if you type in that name, Bisserat's a guy. She'll pop up. Incredible actress, incredible woman, incredible yeah. friend. Yo, I remember when I first met her, man, she did not like me. <laughs> she did not like me. She get all. on her bad side. It's <laughs> yeah, not yo, good, and I was man. definitely on the bad side from day one. And you try then, to hit on her or something? Nah, What'd bro. I, <laughs> I was just talking reckless. I wasn't, she was just not to her, obviously. Uh-huh. But I was just in my just hanging out with a couple of the homies. Uh-huh. And we just have, you know, just just about like five years ago, just you know, just being guys, whatever. Locker room talk. <laughs> a little locker room oh, conversation. Oh, <laughs> not, no. not full fledged locker room talk. We ain't grabbing nothing, but but uh <laughs> but uh nah, I was I was just uh just messing around and she just didn't like me. And yeah. then I forgot I was I started telling people about what I was doing, and at the time I was working with, with the hottie and them at Blueprint, and I was telling how we were connecting with different churches, like with Rich and them in New York, uh-huh. and she was like, you know, Rich. I was like, yeah, you know, he's written for me a couple of times. I got a little website that I do. And she's like, no, you don't know him. Guys like you don't associate with men like Rich. Oh. <laughs> Yo, that's my, and then so she uh, literally said, come over here. So she took a picture of me. <laughs> And she sent it to Rich. And she's like, do you know this clown? <laughs> and Rich oh was like, yeah, man, it's good gosh. people, man. And ever since then, we were cool. 
Wow, you needed a, a severe cosign <laughs> to exist in the presence of Viscera. Yo, yo, shout out Busy, man. What a disaster. Shout her out, shout Biz, her I need out. to know why you dislike <laughs> this man and if I should be here right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. But, man, yo, how is life, man? How's life? Um, It's been a tough year. I lost my mom about seven weeks ago. Oh, dang, bro. Yeah, my mom been battling with leukemia for about a year. And uh, she just passed away Damn, in August. That, yeah, so it's been a tough, um, I mean, it's under two months. It just happened. So that happened and, um, you know, nothing really in life prepares you for something like that, yeah. for a, a grieving like that or a loss like that. And then um, we also had this tour that had been in the works for about six months. So this was already scheduled to happen. So it's just that happened and then... Um, all the things that come along with that, planning a funeral, breaking up the estate, getting together with family, all that, and then planning to go on tour and then trying to release a project that was scheduled to come out. So it was just, there was a lot of things that were happening and things that uh, necessary, like were already way in motion, mm. you know? So it was better to just let those things roll out. You know, like the project was coming out and I was like, whatever. Like they're sending me mixes. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Just put it out, you know? It's just, I, I usually am a guy who sweats the details and I want to make all the merch and I want to mix everything perfect and select and curate the songs right and do all that stuff. And it just, this season of life, I was just like, I don't even, it, it wasn't that important to me. And I was just like, yeah, put the music out, put the mixes out. Let's go on the tour. Yeah, I'll take care of the merch. I'm not even going to think about it. Yeah. You know, things have, you know, suffered in some ways because of that but other, way, other ways it's like in the big picture it's just man this music thing comes and goes and it's for a short season and, and you enjoy it and take it for what it is and then you know the the big picture stuff it starts to get a little more clear as life goes on and you get a little bit older and you're not just like in your early 20s trying to fight for your identity and scream to be recognized and me me you know you're That's just real. like Man, what really matters is not how many ravenous, crazy Twitter followers you have that, you know, want to love you for one minute and turn on you the next. That's real. What really ends up realizing that matters is people and family and, um, you know, stuff that has way more, like, eternal value than just, like, accolades that you can get and recognition you can get here. So it's just been one of those, like, you know, I'm already a reflector, philosopher. Like I philosophize a lot of things. Like it just—it's been one of those things where you just think big picture and and start seeing things a little differently. Mm. Man, that's 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 a lot. One of the things I had really felt for you on is that I feel like at a very young age they put you in a position in which you're gifting. And the calling they put you in, they assume because you made music about ABC, therefore you're ABC, right? So, for example, you might make music about things of God, right? Doesn't mean you're a pastor, but they automatically threw you in there. Mm -hmm. And um, a couple of years ago, I used to write for Wado, man. Shout out to the guy Wado. Yeah. Um, I used to write for Wado. And we talked about this idea where a lot of times, like, the, the hip-hop artists or in the Christian world, the Christian hip-hop artists mm -hmm. are kind of like the third office of the church. You feel me? Where people make them to this 
elevated status. Sure. And then you have to carry that weight instead of just being an artist. Yeah, right. So yeah. like Steph Curry's a believer, but he's a basketball player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so Derek Carr's a believer, he's a football player. Everybody can be a believer yeah. and be in their space. But yeah. then what happens with you guys is is that you put the believer label on it and then they want to put you in some elevated space. So I always yeah. wondered how do like how do you process the pain? Yeah. You know what I mean? How do you yeah. process as C.S. Lewis talks about the dark night of the soul? Mm-hmm. You know, because I kind of went through that. I went through a series where I literally I just stopped writing. I was going through so much, so much yeah. emotional pain, frustration, obviously not to the extent of what you experienced with your mother. But I literally just stopped doing everything. And I yeah. moved. I moved from Atlanta. I moved to Dallas. I I literally got a new job. I started everything over. Yeah. I could just hide and just figure, like you said, figure life out. Yeah. But then with you being in the public eye, you know, the music being part of your income stream, mm-hmm. you're always there. Like, yeah. do you feel like you ever get space to process things? Yeah. It's a complex thing. Um, I think to the first question, yeah. like, you know, with other people who are um, Christians, but they're in the public eye. I think the difference a lot of times is that I'm a communicator. Mm-hmm. So as an artist, you're communicating ideas and thoughts and word pictures. And so I think there's more emphasis on the people who use words and communicate more than just shoot a basketball or run a football or whatever. So there's more emphasis on the intellectual property than like physical ability. That's real. So there's some of that, um, which I get. And I think also people really like boxes because it helps them understand the world. And as much as like, even I say like, I don't like boxes. The truth is I do like boxes. Like, cause I put a lot of things in boxes in my life that help me understand them. And I think I have more sympathy or more understanding now that I've felt myself been put in a box before and all those things. Um, but like, you know, you look at this guy and you look at like Lil, Lil Xanax, mm-hmm. you know, or whoever, and you'll just be like, oh, he's like a little young kid turn up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah rapper. Okay. Got it. <laughs> like I, I do that stuff. I put him in boxes and now he's a complex person. Yeah, he's an own individual. He's got all kinds of things. He should have room to grow artistically and change and become whatever he wants to be. But in my mind, I want to process that in about three seconds, lock it away, move on with my life. And that's the way the rest of the world wants to pretty much move. We're taking in information at such a rapid rate that boxes help us just do it. So I get it. Um, I have been open about being a Christian, you know, since the beginning um, of creating music and putting stuff out so I think the labels and all that came up with it and that was also where my circle was developed because yeah. other people who gravitated like you what do they say like your vibe attracts your tribe kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah, like yeah, whatever yeah, you yeah. put out into the world usually the people that appreciate that stuff gather around yeah. so that's how I came up was through people other people who were Christians they were attracted to me because they were saying hey I I um uh, I recognize or uh you know, I uh, confide in or understand your perspective. Exactly. Same way, you know, you pull up anywhere and you're part of a uh, soror- uh, sorority or fraternity. Yeah. Sorority, it's, right? Yeah. Yeah. We pulled up the other day and some dude was like, yo, cute dogs. You know, oh, he's yeah, like throwing up yeah, stuff yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. just like, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you find common ground. Yeah. So I came up through that. Um, but what I didn't realize is like when you're 20 yeah, and you don't know who you are. Yeah. And you are sometimes regurgitating information you learned or just the short bit of life that you've had and the life experiences you've had, you're putting out, you're communicating those things. Now on the internet, that stuff lives forever. And so a lot of times the way you start is the way people remember you. And what happened was, you know, I got signed in my early 20s and I 
put out a project that did like 30,000 units in the first week and nobody knew who I was and it was like, who is this kid? And then I put out another one that did the same numbers that was only digital. And it was like, yo. And I remember I was up at like, this is 50.com and 50 Cent was in the room and he was like, yo, this kid got the number one album right now, like on <laughs> iTunes. He's yeah. like, come in my office. Yeah. And I sat down with 50 and talked to them for an hour just because he's like, I need to know what's going on That's real. out here. And so things just started moving real quick. And um, that was 2014. And then, uh, um, yeah, I, you know, you like, you, you put that stuff out and then I've had to learn how to grow up in front of the world exactly. in some ways, like early 20. I mean, that's why you see like Miley Cyrus or somebody yeah. go crazy because they, they start to grow up in front of the world and they're like, wait, that's not who I really am. I'm starting to find out who I am. And people are like, nah, get back in yeah, this you're box. Hannah Montana. And then she's like, oh, you know what? I'm a snort coke and run around naked and start swearing to everything else. Yeah, just yeah. like, I got to be everything so far away from what you knew me as. Remove that stigma. Just to remove the stigma and just to start a new conversation. I mean, that's like some desperation to, to break out of that mold. You know, you think about these child stars, they never end up normal, man. Like, people that got to grow up in front of the, the public. Now, I don't have it to that extent. Yeah. But you can understand, like, that's why I always have a soft spot for guys like Michael Jackson. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where people are like, yo, he's this, that, and the third. And I'm like, yo, your man has been a mega star since five years that's old. That's insane. You can't even expect him to be remotely normal. <laughs> yeah. I watched an interview with Michael Jackson one time, and he was like, I know I'm ranting. But he goes, he goes, um, he he was like, they're like, what's one thing that you wish you could do, Michael? Michael, and he's like, you know, it'd be really great <laughs> if if I could walk around a grocery store and, and pick my own groceries. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. like, yeah. I tried to walk around a grocery store one time, and the whole thing got shut down for two hours and, yeah. and blocked all the doors, and I couldn't get out. And I was yeah. like, I don't. We don't understand That's real. what it is to to try to go do something normal yeah. and crave to do something normal, like get your own um, groceries yeah. and make your own meal. That's how far removed he is. And that's what's happening with Kanye. Mm -hmm. Is you've been so far removed from regular life that you are just like, yeah, on a bro, you planet. living on a different headspace. Yeah. Um, and so. Anyways, all that to say, I've been putting out music since I was in my early 20s and, you know, kind of growing up in front of people. And then what happens is your art or the thing that you just love and you did for fun and for passion starts to become your currency. And so now I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm throwing away my 20s, not throwing away my 20s. I'm giving my 20s to music and to make art and not to go chase a safe career path. And what that means for me is that I'm choosing to expose myself creatively, artistically, be vulnerable, let people into my life, let them into my thoughts, also make stuff. Like whenever you make something, it's a part of you and you show it to people and then you put it up for sale. That's real. And you put yourself at the hands of the consumer that are gonna choose to say, you know, I could spend a year working on a song and they can listen for three seconds and be like, hmm, trash, next. Exactly. Right? And you, so it's a very vulnerable, scary thing to be an artist for a living, particularly when the market could change at any moment and they could be like, nah, we off you. We on, yeah, 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 we're on that right <laughs> yeah, now yeah, yeah. and I don't want to hear nothing what you talking about, That's all real. your rap or your whatever. So 
you know, we've experienced stuff like, or the market could change or the pay structure could change. Like 2013, 14, 15, people was buying music still. And so I was selling for, like my last project did like almost 50,000 units in the first week. They were still buying. And then the following year, just streaming exploded. And everyone's like, I'll never buy a CD again. Uh, right so now you have to to instead of those ravenous 50,000 fans you need 50 million fans to make the same amount of money you made from doing this so then you got a tour and you got to do all these things and so it just becomes a strange thing you build your life and your financial stability on these things you know on art and it's always a strange place to be because you always risk the chance of the artist saying Maybe I'll sacrifice artistic integrity for the easier paycheck or to do something that makes me money. Or, y'all don't know, I'm in a bind. Or some artists be like, I got kids in private school. Yeah. I got to sell this cheesy shirt or do this song I don't want to do or whatever. But, but we're talking commercial. about art, yeah. which is supposed to be pure. Uh, when it, That's when we know it really connects. And so it's just this complex web of yeah. things going on to be an artist full time. And you know, I think I've been able to navigate that well, because I have such supportive fans that I've been able to be honest from the beginning through my music, yeah. always. And I try to never sacrifice the artistic integrity. I always try to give people honesty and things I'm excited about, and they rock with it no matter what, which gives me the space to be like, all right, I don't got to sell out or do this song with so and so or do whatever. I can just continue being me, even though it might not grow at a pace, you know, that's, um, as big as a Drake or yeah. whoever, you know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> I've been lucky, but some people aren't. Yeah. You know, we were just talking about this on the tour bus last night. Like, we need to take this stuff in and be grateful. Like, real. we sold out last night in the Aztec Theater, you know, a couple thousand people. And people were coming to our meet and greet with gifts for us stuff that they had handmade skateboards things like yo we mean something to people that's real this is unreal a little 10 year old boy weeping in Lecrae's <laughs> arms like my dad left us mm. your music is the stuff that gets us through we're yeah. like what's a Grammy yeah that's real you know what I'm saying so I'm yeah. sorry I'm, nah I'm, bro I'm no you're good you're good bro it's what, it's what, it's what the show's all about man but now that point that 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 you made is real because as an artist, you're simply putting out art out of whatever is inside of your heart, right? Yeah. And that's something that you're passionate and you care about doing. But the, but the unique part about your art is that your art has so much substance to people's life. You know, mm -hmm. your art means so much. And I'm not hating on Drake. Drake is amazing. We all love Drake. Drake, yeah. Drake is the, in my opinion, the voice of this generation. In my yeah. personal opinion, but I would, I would argue that to your real fans versus to Drake's real fans, you help raise them, right? You help teach them life. You help walk them through life mm -hmm. in a way that Drake, in my opinion, though he did, he wasn't taking it from the role of I'm trying to be the role model, right? Not saying you're trying to be the role model, but, but as a believer, I'm trying to be like Christ by nature, right? So it's always a sense of, I always got to constantly get better, whereas Drake can make a song about throwing ones at the strip club and it is what it is, you know, that's just his life. And so I've, I've always wondered, man, just 
that weight. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. dealing with that weight, especially being 20 years old. Because sure. when you're 20s, it's like you're figuring stuff out. Yeah. Like I told you, like I wrote my book when I was in my early 20s. And then I went through a season where I was just wilding out. You know what I mean? But I had the space to, you know, my book wasn't really that popular. So nobody knew me. I had a space to actually learn how to walk with God oh, again. Right, right. But versus you, you know, when you're going through something like, like do you have the space? Do you have the space to make right. mistakes? Right. Yeah, no, I feel that. So yeah, when people look at you as some, some sort of leader, exactly, it, leadership can be very lonely because oftentimes there's no place for you to confide because people are looking at you to lead them exactly. and to be the one that they go to for help. And yeah. so it becomes a space that is very, um, it's not very uh, well like padded or insulated with help. And so you have to find the help and you have to work through things. And just, I mean, just like any other human, you change pretty drastically every about four years. You're just a person. The things you think, the things you believe, the things that you've seen, the stuff you've experienced, people change quite a bit. And so if you're rocking with an artist for four years or more, you're going to witness them you know, go from being a boy to being a man, to being a husband, to being a father, to being... Uh, losing their mother, you're gonna get all these things in the in the span the of a fan, you know. And I'm not gonna be what people want me to be. Oh, y'all want me to just make this one song? You want me to make you can't stop me ten times in a row? I'm not that person. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the one that's just gonna be like, oh, I'm just gonna give the market what they want because I never done that. I did what I wanted to do, and people were attracted to that. They're t- attracted to that authenticity, so I try to stay on that route. I know certain songs worked better than others. But I didn't make those songs thinking about it. I made it out of feeling and they became what they became. And I think that's the truest way for me to create is not to just stick to a formula or whatever. So in in being honest, I've actually, because I built my brand mostly on my vulnerability, there's been space for me to be exactly who I am. And I think on the first um, of the project, uh, the first uh, EP of this series of EPs coming out, The Arrow, the whole thing was about going through doubt. And so I've been a voice for people, you know, about with, with, with faith and with life and stuff like that. And this whole project was about doubt. The artwork is based on stained glass um, painting. Shout out to Jericho from Spain, who does, he's from Barcelona, he did all the artwork. I told him I really want to incorporate a lot of themes of Doubting Thomas into the artwork because that's such an interesting story to me that this man in the Bible came to Jesus and was like, yo, I don't believe you. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. can't be real. Let yeah. me touch the holes in your hand. And um, he's usually shunned. That's usually seen as a bad thing. But what I found out is that, and I said it in a lyric, the opposite of faith isn't doubt. It's when I got it all figured out. That's real. You don't need faith when you have everything figured out. When you're a fun- fundamentalism is the, is the opponent of faith. Mm. Most people think doubt is, and it's not. Doubt causes us to question and to lean in and to trust and to try. Um, fundamentalism is just like, no, I got it all figured out. God is this way. He likes this. This is what it does, and my views can't change. And so I leaned into that knowing that that was going to be scary, and that's what the whole project is about. But people responded like, thank God you you yeah, said it. You freed real. me to be able to feel the way I've been feeling because I think for sure the last few years – especially since Trump got elected, there has been a tremendous amount of people who are just waking up to like, oh, the American Christian like 
conglomerate yeah. is in a lot of ways a sham. It is. It, it is. <laughs> and people are like, whoa, yeah. I've been trapped in this weird cult-like godless thing yeah. that is nothing like Jesus and we've called it American Christianity and people feel lost. And that's, that's how I've felt. And that's why the whole album cover is the arrow going through the cloud. It's half above the cloud, half below. It's stuck. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's that's seeing real. half the sun. It's seeing half of the darkness underneath and it's like in between. It's not, you know what I'm saying? And that's where I've felt I've been. That's why the whole project is what it is yeah. um, and why it's meant so much to people. Songs like All I Want Is Clarity, you know, um, I Ain't Done, Anxiety. Yeah. Uh, that's just real life. And I think we we think to ourselves, particularly as artists, if I expose myself or humans, period, if I expose myself and show people what I'm what I'm dealing with, my doubts, my worries, they're going to push me away and reject me. But the truth is the opposite happens. When you expose yourself and make yourself vulnerable, people draw closer. And it's just, it's it's like this upside down kingdom. I always say like following Jesus, he lives in this upside down kingdom. The way Jesus is, is everything is upside down. Yeah. I always say, what's the last thing that I would do? That's probably the first thing that Jesus would do. Forgive your enemies. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yo, someone you slap you in the face. Yeah, what do you yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, Drop yeah. kick them. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. the first thing I'll do is punch you. Okay, what's the last thing I would do? Let them hit me again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Jesus says. That's real. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my enemies, what am I going to do? Plot on them. Yeah. Nah, Jesus says pray for them. That's real. You're like, everything's upside down. So it, it's just very, that's kind of how I've gauged my walk with God. Uh, and on a lot of seasons is yeah. like this whole thing's upside down and, and my instinct usually isn't the right choice. Mm. And I think that's what appeals to me about Jesus. He's mystery, mysterious. Yeah. He's yeah. beautiful. He's not the way you would think he would think he is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that point about doubt, man, is really re real. And I feel like it's what a lot of people gravitate towards you for. It's a point that a lot of people gravitate towards us for because what happens is and this we talked about it before in the social media generation there's this veneer of perfection that mm -hmm. everybody's putting out you know oh i'm always happy my relationship is always healthy i'm always excited about reading my bible and getting <laughs> yeah. close to god like this is veneer of everything that i do is happy it's good yeah. oh everything is great but in reality people are crying people are depressed people are dealing with anxiety people are going through pain but nobody wants to say it because I don't want people to think there's something wrong with me, right? Because yeah. everybody else is so cool. But what I think people love about our show is that we've always said this is behind the scenes of becoming, right? We're, we're, we haven't arrived anywhere, sure. you know? Becoming is a lifelong process that begins when you're born and ends when you die, right? And and the thing about it is it's behind the scenes. And behind the scenes is messy. It's ugly. It's not perfect. Yeah. Some days you're happy, some days you're not. And I feel like people are dying for that. People are dying to feel like, yo that I'm hurting and it's normal. I'm not wrong for hurting. And sure. I love that part of your music. You've always spoke to that issue of, man, we're like Still Bleeding is one of my favorite tracks by you, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you've always shared about just the pain, man. Why do you think, in your opinion, people are afraid of sharing their doubts about God? And yeah. Uh, most people are afraid that they'll be shunned. That's right. Or that they'll be smote. Yeah. By God. Yeah. Like how dare like how they don't dare you think this about me. Yeah, they don't feel <laughs> the freedom to express their doubts. And you know, even some a close person in my life said this to me. 
I don't feel like I can really ask those questions because I feel like a bad person for asking the question. That God already knows. Yeah, that he they don't feel like they have the freedom to doubt God. They don't feel like they have the permission to ask hard questions because that makes them less of a person. But the irony is you just get stuck in a cycle. It's either ask the questions that keep you from going forward or be quiet about them and then stay stagnant That's in real. your growth. And um, there's a woman, her name is Madeline Lengel. She wrote uh, A Wrinkle in Time, and she's also someone that I just have looked up to spiritually okay. in the last few years. And I've been like just listening to her stuff and listening to her interviews. And I actually Was that the one in the beginning of the first EP? Clarity. Yep. Yeah, yep. I sampled her yep. on Clarity. Yeah. And um, she just says some amazing things about doubt. And she has a very mystic approach to faith, which I feel it, it resonates with me a lot more, mm-hmm. that the mysteriousness of God is something that is actually what's so enchanting. Exactly. And, and beautiful and that like we don't have to have all the answers that's the reason why whenever Jesus is asked a question he responds with a question exactly because he desires us to think mm-hmm. and to question and to to feel and not to just be given rigid answers to everything so that we can follow things to the T but God wants our heart not not necessarily just our actions exactly because you can have actions that are void of a good heart. That's real. For selfish gain or whatever. And so, you know, I even see in the Bible, like David, King David, right? Like he's asking God, where are you? Exactly. <laughs> where did you go? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, So is that Psalm 42? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and it's all over the Psalms, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the doubting of God or yeah. the questioning of God, where are you? There's yeah. just seasons of that and that's yeah. okay. And I actually think it makes your relationship with God stronger because when you come out the other end, um, you you come out having found answers, yeah, or or having settled something inside of you if you hadn't found the answer. Um, so I think your original question was, how come I think people are afraid, yeah. to ask those questions? They also um don't want to be rejected or looked at funny by their communities. Yeah, you know, say say you're a kid and you're growing up and your parent makes you go to youth group or something like that. Yeah. You're like stuck inside a church. Everybody's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, I don't want to be shunned from this. Yeah. You know, I don't want people to look at me like the weirdo. And they just, everybody wants it to be accepted, yes, to feel real. like they matter and to feel like they belong. And if those two things are challenged, people usually will clam up mm-hmm. and just be like, nah, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I want comfort. I want to be accepted. And that's why people want to wear the trends. Yeah. They want to wear the clothes everyone's wearing. They want to listen to everyone's listen. I feel like most people don't even have their own opinion about stuff until they're like 30. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like your opinion is basically whatever your older brother's opinion <laughs> yeah, was yeah, or yeah, something, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. people don't know who they are. Yeah. Man, so. that that's a really good point. I think that part of acceptance is true because I think in in my personal opinion, I, like a lot of what I believe we were raised on, and I think we listened to the same people growing up. Um, in my and I don't want to be the arrogant 20-year-old kid, <laughs> but in my opinion, the theology and the teachings about God were off. In regards to how much is mystery, like you said, and how much is everything f- figured out right now, right? And it was, And there was this facade that was put on about like sanctification in my opinion. So if anybody doesn't know what that word means, it's just this idea of becoming more like Christ, right? And there's this facade that like sanctification is immediate. 
it's you you become a believer you know you give your life to god whatever that may be and immediately everything you're like you're living and and, and yeah. for the rest of your life you're living but to me it's like because they always talk about it like repentance was like this 180 which it is but to me it's like it's more like i imagine like a, a dj mixing you know sometimes it's 180 then he brings it back you know then it's 90 sure. then it goes a little bit so it's all it's always this back and forth this teeter-totter in which sure. you're always figuring you're figuring stuff out you're yep. doubting you're making mistakes and yep. it's a natural part about life yeah and it's funny and i'm not trying to just go in this theological rabbit hole but it's funny because i remember somebody once shared with me that before paul went on his missionary journeys i think maybe it was like 13 years that he was in jerusalem you know just learning just sitting and just figuring stuff out you know before you really started seeing him on the scene you know in acts 15 and so it's just really fascinating that he had that space to figure some stuff out. Yeah. He had that space to make, to doubt, to ask these questions. All throughout his life, he was doubting. But we don't have that space. So many people right now, they don't have that space because they're hurting. And that's the thing about our show we've seen is so many people are hurting and they're asking why, but they're afraid to ask. They're afraid people are going to judge their faith. They're afraid people are going to be like, oh, who are you to judge God? Who are yeah. you? There's something wrong with you. Like you said, it's just yeah. this insecurity of not being accepted by the tribe yeah. and being ostracized. Yeah. And so I just, man, I really want to create that environment where people can feel free to share some of these things, you yeah. know? What, yeah. like what, what do you think we can do to help create more environments where people can feel free to share their flaws and their doubts and their fears? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, man. Yeah. I think one of one of those things is probably um not looking to uh social media <laughs> to <laughs> be real. the place where we are trying to find acceptance or belonging. It's just a nasty space. The internet's just a nasty space for receiving constant criticism and comparison. So and you don't know the other people on the other side. So I think honesty, vulnerability. In like real community is probably a safer space, mm -hmm. you know, people that can like walk with you through life. And on the other hand, there is like a benefit of the internet of finding other people, you know, and learning and taking in information. So it's just, you know, kind of this double-edged sword of things. But um, I think uh, the more like vulnerability attracts vulnerability. That's real. And the more we see leaders and other people able to step into that, lean into that, and open up the dialogue, the, the more I think we're going to see people um, stop just like punting their Christianity yeah, and yeah, leaving yeah, the yeah, church yeah, and being like, oh, okay, I, I have space to talk about this stuff. And the thing is, it's ugly. It's, it's, it takes bravery to step out there and to be the first one to be vulnerable and to say those things because you're going to get all the backlash all the things that nobody, you know, someone's got to take the hit. First one up the hill gets all the arrows. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And so what I'm experiencing now is I'm watching all the young dudes who like listen to my music and all that stuff. They're just like, oh, I'm out. Mm. Just peace. Like I'm punting the faith. I'm just doing me. Yeah. And I'm having this kind of like weird, you know, weird, non-grounded perspective on God. It's like straight barber shop theology. You know what I'm saying? Just like, it's not coming from anywhere. It's just kind of, How you I know, feel. memes. Yeah. You know, about, you know, little pithy memes about it. And that's where I developed my faith. And I'm like, uh. So I think that's the extreme because they don't feel like they have a home to be themselves or to be broken. They feel like they got to fit in or do all these things to be accepted. And ironically, I think they find spaces where they feel more comfortable and more accepted outside of 
the church. Why? And be, because of that very thing, where if you, if you have doubts or if you are coming in with your, your issues or your problems or you swear, you cuss, you watch porn, you drink, whatever it is, like it's normal mm-hmm. everywhere else. And so they're like, man, I feel so accepted here when I show my, the things I'm ashamed of. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we'll be scolded in the church. Now, obviously, like, um, the church wants to bring correction, you know what I'm saying, in a way that's like, we're not trying to tell you to stay away from these things for um, the sake of belonging to our tribe, but yeah. more so to, uh, we think that this is the way that life is best lived, exactly. right? But it's not communicated that way. Mm-hmm. It sounds like uh, an entry fee, you know what I'm yeah, saying, to yeah. be a part of the tribe, and that's yeah. why I think people just kind of run from it. Yeah. Um, but I think that like walls are being broken down, man. Yeah. People are able to be honest about their struggles, be tr- more transparent about what's going on with them, and I think it's gonna create more dialogue and um, more safety. Not just for people to just wild out, but to know that when you do, it's not okay, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, like Matt Chandler always says, it's not okay to be okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there, sure. right? And so the, the the idea that I love that you're bringing up is that. What people love so much, especially young people, is a safe place to make mistakes, yeah. a safe place to become, a safe place to not have it all together. And unfortunately, like there's reasons why the church at times may, which there's no reason to demonize somebody, there's re- but there's reason why the church may be heavy handed when you wild out because sometimes when you put your hand to the flame, you lose a hand. <laughs> you feel me? So yeah. there's, some, there's some wisdom to that. But to your point is that as a young adult, as especially as a young man, you're going to make mistakes. Yep. And one thing I've always found that people pisses people off is when they make mistakes, they know it, right? What pisses them off is when they make mistakes and then you attack them for it. Yeah. And I always, I used to always think about it and I, and I had to like check myself because it's funny that when like, when you mess up, you know it, right? Like theologically, the Holy Spirit convicts you and you're like, oh snap, I sinned, I messed up. What more do I have to say to you? You know what I mean? Like, what more do I have to say to beat yeah. you up when you already been convicted? You already are repented. You already are broken. What? What? Why do I need to pile on when you when you said sorry? Yeah. You know, it's like I I remember time I saw this one kid. He like dropped a plate. He's like, oh my gosh, mommy, I'm so sorry. She's kid started crying and the mom just beat him. I'm like, yeah. yo, he's already sorry. He's already broken. Yeah. What are you doing? And that's what the church does sometimes. Yeah. You know, people are already. Knowing they're messed up, they already know it. You don't got to tell them they're already they're already yeah. sad. You're already dealing with all this pain. Yeah. But then it's, it's more of a heavy hand. And I love the point that you're talking about is that bringing this community of people that is that you can go in a process. We're not saying to stay in whatever rut you're in, stay in whatever season of life you're in. But you're able to grow, you're able to mature. But then you're also able to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, it's a sticky thing, man, because. You know, it can lean in yep. either direction really quickly. Licentiousness, legalism is always this pendulum. Yeah, lawlessness, legalism. Yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah, man. I mean, I've been going to therapy a lot. Oh, really? When did you start that? Um, since January. Oh, that's real. I had a, I had a, I had like a meltdown end of sixteen, going into seventeen. Oh wow! And then, um, I'd been uh, the the crazy thing. I was, I was trying to find a therapist. You know, I was like going to a couple places. I tried some spots. One place I showed up. And the guy was like, I walked in and he was like, oh man, me and my family listen to your music. And I no. was like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I just, yeah, I yeah. had to, you know, I'd always heard 
like there, especially for my wife. My wife is a huge advocate for therapy. She was like, yo, um, I think I think every single person should go to therapy mm. because it is a place, a safe place to be vulnerable, to be open, to be yourself and to process your thoughts out loud that you normally bury in the back of your head. And you have a non-objective listener there just to listen and to help you process through that stuff. It's like getting a PhD in yourself. That's real. It's a process of getting to know yourself. And And you know when everybody says, hey, just be yourself. The reality is that's one of the hardest things in the world to do because we don't know who we are. Because we don't listen to our voice, our our true voice, because it's normally our our opinions and thoughts are being shaped by everything else around us. Our brains are magnets. Mm. That's why we're able to learn language. Like you don't remember sitting down learning English. You just knew it. That's because real. as you were growing, your brain was absorbing that information. Mm. So that's how we that's how we are as humans. That's why you ever walk around, you're like, how do I get this melody stuck in my head? Yeah. Somewhere in your subconscious, you were listening. It's attached to that. Yeah. Like you were walking around in a in an airport and it was playing and your subconscious picked it up and you didn't even know. And now you're humming it in the car. So our brains are these magnets and it's hard for us to shut all that off and get to what's going on. So I think therapy is one of those things that helps us get there. And as I was um, going through therapy, as I have been going through therapy, or- I'm sorry. I'm spending like 10 thoughts at the same time. <laughs> no, it's all, I did this all It was time. a process of finding a therapist yeah. for me. Um, the first one I went to didn't work. The second one I didn't, I didn't like. I didn't really connect with yeah. her. It was just kind of like not a good vibe. Yeah. And it took me like three or four to find someone like, yo, this is it. And like, this is helpful. But I think, one, most people are afraid of it. The taboo of yeah. going. Uh, two, people don't want to spend the money. A lot of bread. Yeah. And I'm like- that's true, yeah. but at the same time, I don't know what better thing you could spend your money on than, than your, mental your mental health. That's real. You have to live in here every day. Yeah. And then three, some people are discouraged by not finding the right person off the bat and be like, oh, I tried it. It didn't that work. That was my problem. The first guy I went to, man, he was straight trash, man. And I was like, yo, this is stuff. And the second guy I went to was like a really... Did you go to like non-Christian or you went to Christian? Uh, the first one was through a... Uh, a recommendation through like a non-for-profit through yeah. a church. The second one was not. The third one was not. So yeah, it just like, yeah. it just took trying. Exactly. And But people are usually deterred after the first. It's like, yeah. like, nah, it's not for me. It's like, nah, you didn't connect with that person. That's real. And you know, you got to make time for it. It has to, usually they say after 25 years old, people usually only learn through trauma. Mm. Like it takes traumatic experiences to cause somebody to actually change their behavior. Wow. After about 25, because up to that point, you're pretty malleable still. But after 25, you start kind of locking into your ways. And that's why sometimes it takes someone to get a heart attack before they're like, maybe I shouldn't eat fried food every day. Mm, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Or for someone, for you to get cancer to be like, oh, maybe I should stop smoking now. Yeah. And even then people are like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so there has to be also a determination in your mind, like, I need this and this is good for me. And that's what I had. I had a breaking point, a traumatic experience that was like, get therapy. Mm. Um, and so there was a whole point to why I was saying at the very beginning why I was going through therapy. I can't remember <laughs> what it's all it was. Good. It's all good. Um, but going to therapy had taught me something that I was going to tell you, and I can't remember <laughs> what it was. Now. No, it's all good, man. It's all good. But the, I'm going to talk, and if you find it, just cut me off. But to the yeah. point about therapy is that, like, the church has been such a champion on physical health. 
all the St. Jude's, all these yeah. hospitals. That's that's what we rocked with, right? Yeah. But then with mental health, it's like, no, pray about it. Just talk to God about it. Sure. You know, it's like yeah. it's like this. We don't we don't understand that the same way the physical body needs great physicians like Luke, you know what I mean, who God has gifted to be able to heal the physical body, that also the mental parts of the body, there's great people like the the, the therapists who are able to heal and to and to build that up. Yeah. And I think it's so important. But to your point, it's like it, like I think nowadays, especially with Charlemagne's book coming out, that like a lot of people and there's there's a cultural yeah. shift, you know, with what's that girl who was doing the, the cocaine or heroin? Was it Demi Lovato? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like now people are like, oh, snap, it's okay to seek for help. It's okay yeah. for me things. You yeah, know? there's a lot of awareness happening yeah. right now, uh, which I think is great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I think it's actually good. I think there's, uh, yeah. No, I'm just gonna leave that one off the table. <laughs> I think it's good, man. Yeah. And I, you know, there's, there's a lot like the Logic song that came out. The, you the, know, the Suicide Hotline one. Suicide Hotline. Yeah. Like, there's a lot. It's coming to the forefront right now because I think people are starting to realize it can't be taboo and it yeah. can't be, you know, oh, this person's crazy or whatever. Um, I think it's needed more now than ever for people to know that this is like. This is just as normal as working out. It is. Taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, taking care of your spiritual health, like all these things to be healthy holistically is it's something different now. I mean, like I think America has trained men to be a particular way. Go to work, don't show any emotion, yeah. be tough. Yeah. You know, like all these things, make money, get women, you know, succeed in your field have kids, give them money, you know, die. It's just like, <laughs> you know, there's not like a, a high emphasis on like, be vulnerable, be transparent, you know, tell people how you feel, you know, feel safe in, you know, in, in whatever you're doing. So what I was saying about therapy was the, the vulnerability aspect is like, that's a, that's a great place to be vulnerable and to get in touch with who you are. Two, as I've been learning through therapy is like the two things that humans need to thrive is to feel that they matter and to feel that they belong. Mm. And those two things are core reasons why we do everything. Mm. And it goes all the way back to our childhoods and, and to those first experiences that shaped us to the point where, you know, our parents, our, our mothers and fathers are the first people that allow us to feel like we belong and that we matter to the point where when you cry as a, as a child, you're crying out because you don't know how to communicate, but you're saying, I need something. And when your mother or father, someone comes over and attends to you, it's because you matter to them. Mm. And you get that sense that I cry out for help and someone comes to me because so I, I matter. That's real. And, uh, you know, they're also your first sense of belonging. Like, I belong to these people. To the point where there's even been studies like terrible parents, fathers and mothers, putting cigarettes out on the skin of their own kids when social services come to take those kids away from those parents, they'll scream and yeah. say, no, don't take me from my mom, even if they're terrible parents, because you're pulling them, you're detaching them away from their sense of belonging. Like, I belong to these people. And that's a, that feels like you're dying. Mm -hmm. And so we go through life, you know, as people wanting to belong and wanting to matter. And I think that's why um, that feeling of belonging it'll keep us from being vulnerable or to the letting people know how we feel. Cause we're afraid we're going to lose our belonging. Mm. We're afraid we're going to lose, uh, that place 
that we have in a in a tribe or a community or in a relationship or whatever. That's why people will bury their emotions in a relationship, not tell someone how they really feel because they don't want to ruffle the feathers and lose their belonging in that relationship. Mm. Um, you know, I feel like that's why I go so hard in music is I realize the more trauma you have in life, the more people feel the need to be recognized or to be known or like like the greatest athletes, the greatest musicians are usually loaded with trauma and they have such a drive to become something because they knew they didn't belong or matter at some point in their life and they're determined That's crazy. to matter and to belong through succeeding or through success or through art or whatever. And so it is a crazy, crazy complex thing, but um, maybe I just, you know, crack the door open a little bit if somebody goes to therapy from this like you would make my day mm, you know what i'm saying if true. someone signs up spend your money there's no better place to spend your money you know what i'm saying talk with people um find those safe spaces if you don't have them with your friends and even if you have them with your friends it's good to get professional help um and i, I think we need to just completely boot the taboo so that people can become healthy humans That's and that real. you could like when you're more healthy for yourself man when your mind is better you're a better husband you're a better friend you're a better father you're a better artist you're a better creative you're a better worker like you just it just makes you better That's and awesome. i uh i'm just a, a i couldn't be a bigger advocate for that stuff man like Man, that's real, bro. No, that that's that's a really dope point, man. And I know you got the the VIP meet and greet, man. So I don't wanna I wanna be respectful of your time, man. But now nah, we man, we really I really, really, really appreciate, man, just all the wisdom, man, that you pour in your heart up, man. You're doing you're doing supernatural work, man. I know you've heard you hear it probably a million times, man, but it's just I just know, especially in the dark seasons, man, of life, it's just we gravitate so much to the pain. We gravitate to so much to the trauma. And I don't even, yeah. even want to try to talk about what you're going through with your mother because I couldn't even imagine that. And sure. I want to be respectful of that, man. But I just want you to know, man, like you're doing some amazing work, bro. Like I know our people are going to reach out to you. They're going to flood you with emails and messages about how much this message really impacted and transformed your life. But right. I want you to know, man, like, man, keep doing what you're doing, bro. I'm telling you, like, don't let nobody turn like gary said like cut off the noise man like yeah. don't listen to all the haters don't listen to all these people bro you are doing supernatural work you're changing yeah. people's lives and man i'm super blessed to have you here man and just thank you so much man. thanks man appreciate it so appreciate one of the things do. um our listeners love doing they love reaching out they love yeah. sending messages so where can they reach out to you at yeah hit me on uh instagram or twitter uh, those are the kind of the ones that i use the most um yeah, it's at Andy Minio, A-N-D-Y-M-I-N-E-O, Mine-O. <laughs> uh, yeah, hit me there and, and I'll see it. And, and a lot of times I'll respond or I'll DM back or That's whatever. Right. You know, I scroll through there uh, every day and Most take right. a look at that stuff. So please Most hit me up, man. Most definitely, guys. You know how we get down, guys. The biggest thing people love coming on the show is that they love the encouragement. They love the blessings. They love all the kind things that the roommates Faithful come on the show to the new roommates to come on the show. So, guys, please, please, please reach out to Andy. Show how much, how thankful you are and what parts of the show really impacted your life. So, go, let's go ahead and wrap this up. So, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, this is your boy, Hafiz, and we are joined by... Andy Minio. And we are the roommates, guys. Make sure you share, 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 comment, comment, comment. Let people know. People got to hear this message. There's people who are hurting. They're going through so much pain. They're going through some, they need some supernatural healing. Point them to this podcast. Let Andy know 
how thankful you guys are for him coming on the show. We're the roommates and adios.